Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we crossed some kind of line. I feel like the last two years, we've been in a lot of transition as a community, um, that it's felt hard, like, I guess, the unfun time for baby and mom when baby's in the birth canal. It just felt like a tight space, and in particular, end of last year, you know, <laughs> and then I just feel like we're in a new season, like we lasted, uh, we clung together, we clung to each other, we clung to Jesus, and it's just feeling different, and it's just feeling fresh. And even the, um, the ability to step into something that could have been hard before or wasn't opening up before has just been different. I'm making, even finding a difference with neighbours or people interested in God or with church or with, there's just something that's shifted, and it's quite exciting. And so two Sundays ago, I shared on... Um, just a whole bunch of cultural values and kingdom values on how to how to really pull together and become a family, which can be confronting for some, exciting for some, a journey for some. Chatted about that. I really encourage you to listen to that. If you're part of this community, if this is your church or you're considering it being your family, please just watch and listen to that teaching from two weeks ago because we need every single person carrying that culture. We need everyone learning and carrying the kingdom culture. It's not something that's led, you know, leadership carry it. We don't want to let little foxes in. And I did link it to the current um, sort of pandemic season we're in, just so that there's room for everyone to be where they're at in opinions on the whole thing as well. No ways are we having division here. Because remember, what is the goal? Unity, not agreement. We can't be focusing on but whether we agree or not. That is a weird goal to have everyone agreeing, to even have everyone in a home thinking and feeling the same thing is a weird goal. Your goal is connection, unity, um, listening, understanding each other, and then working out best ways forward. So we really would love everyone to be listening because we don't want little foxes in. We don't, we don't put up with some division here. So please help carry that culture. And I finished off with how to really link into the Lord in, in tricky times as well. Uh, Pastor Brad spoke last Sunday and he talked about inquire upwards. Let's keep getting in that air balloon. Let's keep going up and having a kingdom perspective and then to keep moving forward. So we look up and we move forward. So before I talked about how can we can focus on becoming family, today I want to build on that to now the family is on mission together and we're going to move forward. Is that all right? Which is tricky to do if we're not a family. Hence, rewind, please, to two weeks ago and catch up on that teaching. But today I just want to do a bit of, I guess, a review to a bunch of stuff we did last year on how to be missional as a family. So now that we've tucked in, we don't have little foxes, we're one, there's unity, what's the goal? What are we even doing here? I hope our goal hasn't slid back to or remembering that to be a Christian is to go to a church building on a Sunday and then try and remember to do some quiet times at home that, or, or to not feel too guilty if I don't. Remember, that's not, that's not what a Christian life is. Remember, sometimes we can, we can forget that giving our lives to Jesus is not to be extracted from this world and suddenly we just can lean back for the rest of our lives. Phew, that I came across salvation early in life. The battle is done, the journey is done. Remember, it's not about extraction from, what is it? Remember, we even had the diagram for those who were here last year. This is a bit of a review. When we give our lives to him, we're choosing, I'm going to now live bringing kingdom to, to earth. I'm going to live pulling down kingdom as the prayer is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I'm going to learn how to bring kingdom every day. Some of you might be going, I get it. I just don't quite know how to bring kingdom every day. That's okay. That's what equipping is for. Um, let's lean forward. Let's move forward. 
On our lips, does anyone remember our vision statement? What does paradox even do? Who are we? We did a bit of this last year. Here's a reminder. If you want to take a photo of it, if you need to know what it is, if you want to take notes today on your phone or anything, we're just going to hopefully all move forward in this next season together. So our vision statement is, we exist to be a, there's the word, a family of Jesus worshippers. So that's the part that we just, we're doing practically. That's the part we do all week long. We're a group of people that all love him and worship him. I'm not focusing on that part today, even though it's the most important part. Who do what? Who live on mission with God locally and regionally, which is really exciting. I love that it's not, we're a family of Jesus worshippers who gather once a week. Isn't that exciting? We're getting our heads around what the call is of a Christian, which is we're a family and we love him, but we're called to go out. That's like our goal. That's what we do here. That's what paradox in particular goes Scripture says it, we're in for the ride. Locally, regionally, some of you might be called nationally. So how does that work out? Well, we believe that this mission will be accomplished through loving God, loving others, like I was talking about two weeks ago, and making disciples and bringing the kingdom. Some of us might go, I just don't really know, though, how to make a disciple. Like, it's kind of the command of the Bible to us, but I actually... I need some equipping. What does it mean for me individually to make a disciple? What does it mean for me individually to bring the kingdom? Those are exciting questions because we are never going to be, I think I can say this confidently, a church community that says, don't worry about that. You just love Jesus and bring your friends here. We'll save them on a Sunday. And sometimes I think we've gotten into that Well, if I could just get them to Sundays, and I'm kind of leading them a bit in the Lord, but I'm just going to ask them again, do you want to come on a Sunday? What the heck? That's like saying because the pastor has a gift of evangelism, or maybe one of the evangelists will get up and they'll help you give your lives to the Lord. It's really not an evangelist's job. How many of you know the fivefold? So one of them being the evangelist is to equip the church to all be evangelists. Literally, the only way that the world is going to know Jesus is if everyone in the church all disciples somebody and then somebody else and then somebody else. How are we going with confidence in that area? How are we going with equipping in that area? Think last year, how many people did I lead to the Lord? And who of those people am I discipling in how to read the word and knowing what to do in the Bible, in knowing how to pray, in knowing how to worship at home or have a quiet time? Who am I showing how to do it? Who am I showing how to have communion at home? Who am I teaching how to prophesy? I'm questioning the same. um, This is me. Who did we do that with last year? And if we don't really have many numbers, it's why the global church is the same number. Because really we're going, so long as there's a good Sunday and the lights are good and the smoke machines are good and the prophecy is good and and they have a call at the front where there's a salvation prayer, which the salvation prayer is not even in the Bible. It's not. The concept is declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. But the sinner's prayer and lining up and then getting a Bible and a handout and all the best or come to a course or we have church families who will go, okay, so we will take responsibility and we will. Here's a discipling course and the church leadership and core team are running that. Here's a prayer meetings and the church leadership and the core are running that. Here's how to read your Bible. Here's how to worship. Let's do a boot camp for this and a boot camp for that. And we take all the responsibility off the bride. 
But the Lord is like, no, every person who comes to know me, it's their job to make a disciple. What's a disciple? Someone who falls in love with Jesus, follows him, and can turn around and disciple someone else, which means a disciple is a disciple maker. So for example, Tracy might have three people she's currently discipling and two people on the brink of giving their life to the Lord. She's got five. In her mind, she's got to be what I do this coming year as they, the Lord works on their heart and as they step into life with Him according to the Holy Spirit's work in their heart is now I've got to help them to become disciple makers and turn around and give, bring each bring five people to the Lord each. That's how the kingdom spreads. Some of us are not sure how to make a disciple. We've put it on the church's responsibility with programs. And then we're like, and I don't know how to make a disciple be a disciple maker. Do we really feel we could lead someone to lead someone to God? But that's actually the way of the kingdom. And it's the way that the Lord designed it and set it up. And somehow we got a little bit, a bit, a little bit lazy if it's what a church Sunday will do or, 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 or meetings during the week, programs, and, and us as leaders have got for the sick. Some of us are rocking up Sundays and we're not praying for the sick. This is out of kilter. We can do this, guys. We can. Let's be listening to things that teach us how to pray those prayers. Let's be reading the scriptures about those prayers. Have a goal that once a week, I'm going to pray for someone who's sick that's not in this community. Just once a week. That's 52 people until the end of the year. I don't know how many will get healed. What if not one did? But at the end of the year, you went, I prayed for 52 people because I believe in the power of God. Not, I didn't pray for people because I'm nervous because he just doesn't come and he's not really powerful. And he's I'm like, Ugh, what's happened to our faith? Where are we sitting? Yeah? Come on, let's keep leaning forward. Let's move forward. The mission stays the same, regardless of the climate that we're in. Let's start praying for people. How are we going with the love your neighbor? How are we going with driving in and pulling the door down behind us and not really interacting with people on our street? Again, exhibit A of struggling in that area. It's been a new challenge for me. I'm like, come on, Amy. I've failed at it the last couple of years. I have a next door neighbor who oversees the Facebook page for the suburb I live in. She's the gatherer. She's community. She gets the lantern markets going. She's on the mic. She doesn't know the Lord. And I live next door to her. And I'm like, I'm not in touch with anyone here. She's challenging me. And I've started to note. And I see that neighbor by himself, male, pushing the trolley down the road with all of his leaves from his garden. I stopped my car. I've started getting out. Hi, I'm Amy. I was going to press the button on my garage. And then I saw the garage was up on the people behind. I'm like, gosh, Amy, get out of your car and walk across the road. And they were just so receptive. And I'm not good at remembering names. So you get out your phone and you, you put their names in. Because now I can write a card and put it in their post box. Can we just shut that door as well? Just put it in the post box and I can, um, I can go, do you want to have that coffee that I said I would have with you when I met you? Come on. Come on. What does it look like to be the church? Definitely doesn't look like coming on a Sunday. Although, you know, we heard about on the first Sunday of this year that why we need to gather, and the scripture says, do not forsake meeting together, do not. We need, it's not good for us. We need to come together as a community, but my gosh, it's not the goal, as you know. Let's refocus on our street. What does it look like to do prayer walks? I don't know how to do a prayer walk. Awesome, ask someone in your life, up. teach me how to do a prayer walk. 
you know, Beth here reached out for some prayer last night because two families went quite traumatic stuff happening on her street last night. She asked for prayer, then she went outside and she prayer walked and she released the blessings over that street. That's what it looks like to not just be aware, but to go, I have the answer. And we do. Everyone in this room has the answer to his kingdom come, his will be done. Yes? So just say to someone, can you teach me how to prayer walk? Can you teach me how to do a lap around my suburb? Or will you do it with me once a week? And together we'll just be blessing the street, blessing the houses. You start sensing which house even needs more blessing or more prayer. And you can stay longer in different zones. Or you almost start tapping into, this feels really bad here. There's something off here. Maybe transactions happen here. You start picking up what's going on. And you get to pray into that. And it changes things. You are the most powerful vessel there is to the kingdom coming to this region. It resides in you. And he's given you the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This church is not, this building is not the most powerful thing that's happened in this region or in the Peel region. You and the relationship we have with the Lord is literally the only thing you need. And knowing the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need to change your street, your place of work, the whole lot. Isn't that exciting? We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing, and we're going to keep moving forward. Do that even just starting with prayer, praying intentionally for people, praying intentionally for the people you work with, for the neighbor, things like that. Can I get us to watch a little sentence that some of us, I think, can get in the habit of saying? Am I going too fast? Can we just try watching how much we use praying for you? if we don't actually do the prayer. Even in respond on text, oh, praying that, you know, praying that, that you feel better tomorrow. I'm wondering how many of us actually do the praying. And I'm wondering if it's become a lot of Christianese caring sentence to say praying for you. I've needed the tip of going praying for you now. And I always write the word now, because like if I don't do it now, I probably won't remember tonight to come back to that. Can I ask you to add that tip if you send it, just go praying for you now and then stop scrolling? and get that prayer done. Or some people do, so Teresa, Ali, there's different people, they go and they just load whoever's asked for a prayer. They load a prayer there and then. Just type it out and do the praying. Text it to the situation. Just write the prayer and send it. Or say praying now. Or I'm going to pray tonight when we have family prayer or something. I'm just wondering if, if we're saying we're praying and we're never getting to it. And... There's a more powerful way. Is that okay? Yeah, let's just watch that culture. Pray for emergencies. I love that I finally got into a point where I can't see one light on the top of a, car, a police car or ambulance or fire truck and I don't stop everything and pray until I feel something changed. Kind of goes as a little shiver and then I'm like, I, I landed on the word needed for that situation. It alerts you to what's going on to actually go, I can be in the meeting and it goes up the road here. Okay, sometimes it's Ali's daughter tooting, saying hello from her ambulance. But most of the time, it's an emergency. A couple of times I've prayed for her, and it was no emergency. It was very cute. Um, but um, it's it just get aware of what's going on in your region. I go, unless I'd live, left that dinner at that exact time, I wouldn't have seen that, that ambulance. Literally, the Lord has me positioned to pray easily for the saving of a life. 
try different words and see if they feel right. So Lord, I just pray for life over that situation. I sometimes bind like chaos and any spirit of chaos going on in the region. I pray for everyone involved. I'll pray healing trauma prayers. If you don't know how to pray those, we can teach you and equip you on that. We've got some DVDs you can listen to. I'll just pray healing trauma off that body or off the people driving the car or of the person who made the phone call or of the person who received the phone call. Uh, just praying life, praying shalom peace is another tip. Just pray shalom peace over that situation right now in the name of Jesus. And to actually go, if you're an agent in the world bringing change, where if you see one, you can literally be the difference of someone's healing or life because you prayed. Not because that person came on a Sunday. You got to see it. Stand up in that authority that you are and bring the kingdom to your area as, as the Lord asked us to do. Does that make sense? Shopping centers, start picking the same person in IGA and you go to that aisle to see that person on that till. Build that relationship for the kingdom with them. Love on them. Choose someone that, even if it's like, I'm gonna go for the one that actually looks like they're on a journey in lots of ways. They might be battling or... Just aim for the one the Lord puts on your heart and start going for that person and then bless them every time you go through. Cafes, build a relationship with the person. Go to the same one. Go to the same petrol station. Start getting to know the name of the person behind the till. Learn the name of the cleaner in the same shops you always go to or the guy who's pushing the trolleys. Verbally bless them and verbally thank them. Those are examples of bringing the kingdom. Move from... Whoa, that sick stuff's going on in that shop. It's all new age. I put the cross between it and the rest of this place, which is all right. Or go into it and bring the kingdom. Go into it and just, you've got masks on. Pray in the spirit or pray prayers of, Lord, I just thank you that your kingdom fill this shop right now in the name of Jesus. Literally the spirit that is inside of you is more powerful than anything demonic going on in any kind of shop. Walk in and go, I bring the kingdom right now in this place. If you hear a mother and child screaming at each other on the next aisle in Coles, don't start talking to your whoever you're with about the mother and her parenting. Stop and bring the kingdom over that aisle. That mother needs your prayers and your love and compassion. But there's something, it can be spiritual as well. Just pray for that family. If, you, if you, a fight goes on or a fight's going on at the door with the security guards, you're the answer. Literally stop what you're doing and start praying kingdom over that thing and kingdom over that place. Walk into your hospital clinic. Walk into wherever you're getting your bloods taken. I go and choose to get my blood taken from the same, what's the word? Yeah, I know. What's a, what's a blood taker who definitely believes there's no God? not giving the mic to any of you. What's it called when someone believes there's no God and doesn't believe in God? She tells me every time, and I'm an atheist and I've got my Bible sitting here on the shelf because I study it to know what answer I need to give. So we have the chat and she always says, and what do you do again? I'm like, and I'm a pastor of a church. I value your belief. It's not a belief. What I believe is not a belief. My focus is that there is no belief. And we have those chats while she's draining my arm. But go to the places that need the kingdom. 
Choose the places that don't have him. I love that the scripture literally says, once we come to know him as Lord and Savior, pick up your cross daily. A cross is kind of what we die on. It's saying the walk, the way of a Christian is the narrow way and all the way until we go to glory, pick up your cross daily. It's got to cost us everything. Not become a Christian so we can be more comfortable, have more peace in our lives and put up with coming on Sundays and I'll go to Life Hub because I should and I missed the last one. It says... Pick up your cross daily, which costs everything, and we need each other to help us do that. Picking up your cross daily is saying, and bless you. Picking up your cross daily is taking your trolley to the bay and two others on your way. It's I'm serving my community. I'm serving the cleaner. I'm serving the trolley guy. And then I'm going to ask him, how his day's going? And I'm going to bless him. Say the words. It can feel awkward and weird and dorky, but just go, and I bless you, or God bless you. Give to the homeless person sitting outside. Go back in, get another meal, hand it to them and go, God bless you, he sees you. I have never once had someone read push back on that sentence. And they were like, God sees me. And I'll never see them again, but God sees me. Say that sentence to people. Carry your cross daily. Pursue the person in IGA that's working there. Tell them, bless them. Pay for the person in front of you. Pay for the person behind you in the Macca's line. Pay for petrol of people in other petrol stations and then tell the petrol person, God bless you. Let's have the kingdom go out, not focus on bringing here Sundays. If we almost had it in our pocket, my goal is that I'll bring someone on a Sunday after I've led them to the Lord and started discipling them and how to be a Christian. It'll help us to get it the better goal when it comes to our neighbours and our work colleagues. Maybe you have employees under you. Maybe you work with colleagues. Maybe you're a home mom. All of them are callings. Maybe the only thing you're doing at the moment is volunteering. Whether you're getting paid or not getting paid or you're, you're just overseeing a family or neighbours or you're a carer, every place you have, that is called your sphere of influence. Your children are your sphere of influence. So are the friends they're making at school and those friends' parents. Focus on them. That is your calling. You are the answer to bringing the kingdom to your, your children's friends' parents. Go for it. Bless them. Pray for them. That thing, don't say, and I'm going to pray for you. Go, would you mind if I prayed for you now? Some might say no, but they'll remember that you were so bold in what you believe that you would offer to even pray for them. That's, whoa, you really believe what you are. Ask them if you can put your hand on their shoulder. Pray for them out in the school park. Pray for your colleague over lunch. Yeah? So we're praying. We're discipling others. So just remember, your goal is not Sundays. Your goal is discipling. We go into this next week. Go, who am I discipling and how am I doing it? I don't even know how to do it. I'm not saying mentoring. Not all discipling is when someone's struggling, they call me and I mentor them and counsel them through a situation. That's, not, that's part of discipling. That isn't the full gamut of discipling. Discipling is you're teaching someone how to read the word. You're teaching them how to be in worship at home or pray, sit with them on the floor at home, get into prayer together, like discipling them on what it is to be a Christian, teaching them the commands of Jesus and teaching them how to obey the commands. The scripture says, teach them how to obey. And it wasn't talking to whoever the preacher is. 
our job in this room is to teach someone else how to obey Jesus. Then do I know how to obey Jesus? Do I even know how many commands there are? There are so many in the New Testament. How does one obey? Get on that, look into it, research it, listen to some stuff on it. It literally gets to be all our jobs, which is really exciting. And you know what that does? That puts fresh fuel into our Christian walks because we start to get desperate, which is the best place for a Christian to ever be in our own lives when it comes to suffering and refining fire that he does. But really, when it comes to, I got 10 people behind me that don't know the answers and I actually don't know who the major prophets and the minor prophets are or the, or the canon or how to read it or how do you explain in the Bible? That's so good for us to have to figure it out because the church leadership are not the answer, nor are the sermons, nor is a Tuesday night school. Alpha has its place and things like that. But really, we have to be able to answer when someone says, who's the Holy Spirit? Isn't that exciting? Then it means that we end up turning to those in our life hub or here going, how do I answer this? And we end up getting desperate and we end up praying for those people because we start to care and we're getting involved in their lives. Some of us are on mission to people and we're learning to particularly love particular ones. Let's move from loving to also verbalizing, talking about the Lord. Come on, let's move to praying for them. Let's move to asking what they think of God. Let's get into the crunchy conversations that reveal the gaps in our own explanation. Coming across the part in the scripture that says, have an answer for the hope you profess, not send them to the answer on a Sunday morning for the hope you profess. It says, have one. And that puts us in a, okay, I'm gonna get dependent here. I'm gonna have to learn to listen to Holy Spirit to give some answers here. It gets us off our feet and going, if I'm the answer, I go, there's a lot to learn and I'm gonna to get in the prayer room to know how to do this. As in, even at home, that prayer with the Lord. Does that make sense? We did, um, I'm not gonna get into detail about that as a reminder, but if you weren't here at the end of last year, we did Sunday after Sunday on a focus called BEATS, B-E-A-T-S. All of that was a helpful framework of how to disciple somebody, how to bring the kingdom. We're gonna come back to that this year because we're keeping the focus there, focus, and we're moving forward. We talked about how to bless, and every week, do you remember some of us even had weekly challenges of who we're blessing? Have we started to forget that already? Or have we kept baking for someone, writing a card for someone, sewing financially to someone, saying I bless you to whoever's the lollipop woman on the road? Blessing eating with people who are non-church people, the pre-saved. We have to be doing as Jesus did and eating with those who are not part of the community. It's wonderful that we focus on being family. For some of us, it's hard enough to try and build connection with people in our life hub. But our goal is not to be insular. Let's get the walls of the church down. Really important that all of us, sometime, even if it's in a fortnight, we're, we're eating meals with the, the people that do not know him. That's where the, the, the edge of the kingdom is. That's where the Holy Spirit's living. That's where he's at. That's where he's wanting to do things. That's the fun part. Let's not stay all the way back here where we're comfortable. Let's go out. Okay, it talks about abiding. That's where we learn to spend time with Holy Spirit and our own private lives with him. Training. Training in who Jesus is, training in how to disciple other people, that's part of it. And being sent ones, which I'm talking about today. Inside that, we're going to keep focusing on what's called a DNA group, which we haven't gotten onto that. And that's a suggestion, not a command, that you actually have structured groups of people you're discipling. 
maybe it's two or three in this community that you're discipling, but mostly that everyone here is thinking who is even outside this community that I'm discipling to come to know the Lord. And that's where you disciple them in the things of the Lord. You nurture them, they're in, and we hold each other accountable. We'll get into explaining that later, but we want to provide a framework of accountability. I'm gonna want someone to be accountable to me and go, so Amy, did you pray for someone in the shops who was sick this week? And I'm wanting them to ask me next week. And I'm wanting them to ask me the week after. It's that accountability that us humans kind of need sometimes to go, who are you discipling? How can I help you? What tools do you need? And then we go back out into the world and we disciple people each. A goal for this year is that all of us disciple someone, even one person, not that we bring someone to church. Do you understand the difference? And if you're like, I wouldn't know where to start, that is a great place to start. And let's start looking into that. It's the only way the Lord planned it was for all of us to be on mission together. I'm going to talk about missional life hub ventures. This is not for life hub leaders to solely organize. Just like discipling people is not for the church senior leadership to organize. Here's some ideas. In our life hubs, it can be easy. Some of you might have felt it across the last few years. It can be easy to feel stagnant. It can feel, feel like this is just a group that comes together for dinner and actually, and the kids are tired and this costs me. If there's no fresh life coming into a life hub of new Christians or people arriving desperate for Jesus or someone walking in on crutches or in a wheelchair or if we don't need God those nights or interceding for each other's neighbors, we're gonna be, no one will be turning up in life hubs by June this year, I guarantee you. I think that has been part of the fire that's been missing the last couple of years because unless you've got fresh water coming in, it becomes a stagnant sort of cesspool. So does a church on a Sunday, a gathering. It's got to be that new people are coming to the Lord. Last year, the most fresh I felt a Sunday was when we had our baptism Sunday. Didn't you just love? I'm like, that's what the kingdom's about. It's about people coming to know the Lord, getting baptized, going, turning around, getting empowered and being sent. And the next round, coming in, getting baptized. That's what we're on mission to for this region is for this year to there be baptisms, in the Holy Spirit, in the water, salvations, people getting raised up, people getting free of addictions, people coming out of unresolved trauma, the lost, the homeless. Yes, it's really not a goal to have a comfortable Sunday or where we're middle class or where we're safe or where we're like, that's, that's really dangerous for a church to have that goal. It's got to be, cost us everything. I pick up my cross and I come on a Sunday for someone who is reeking of alcohol, swearing away, um, and sitting in my chair. Good, you're the answer. Love them, pray for them, get some others around you, find out their story, come up with a plan, adopt them. Give them your coat if you've got to. Let's get uncomfortable. Let's go after our region. The mission is gonna stay the same. So in your life hubs, team up if you've got someone you're on mission to, but you don't know how to do it. Come on a life hub night and tell them who you're reaching out to. Hi, I'm reaching out to my neighbors, but I don't wanna do this alone. I live alone, I don't, I'm too nervous to do the dinner. And then maybe Lynn Scadden says, I'll come with you to that dinner. We pray together for the family, Lynn comes and start teaming up with who's going after who to, to bring the kingdom in your life hub. That's a great idea. 
Share with each other and join up. Um, invest in each other's disciples. If someone, so if Tracy brings someone that she's been discipling to our Life Hub gathering, which remember is not her first port of call to bring them to a church gathering. Her first port of call is to bring the kingdom to that person. Now they're on a journey and they're interested in the Lord and she's discipling them. She brings them. Don't spend the whole evening talking to your bestie at the gathering. Cost yourself. Go there to a Life Hub gathering to give. Even if you feel like I got 10% left, three children hanging off my leg. But Tracy has been spending months interceding for this person and she, she needs me to go, I see you too. So that the person comes next time and Tracy's sick or something. Like she need, They need to connect to the family. So make an effort. If we don't have new people coming into Life Hub, something's wrong. And the answer is something's wrong on the Sunday sermons. Something's wrong with the discipling mandate that's put on the community. It's a good mandate to have. Something's wrong. So go after each other's ones and build that relationship. Pull together for something like a whole life hub can go. We're going to sponsor a compassion child as a life hub. That's far cheaper than doing it um, um, one-on-one, but still we're bringing the kingdom somewhere in the world. Pull together with something that's just a financial thing. Serve together weekly or monthly. It might just be like every Thursday, let's get four people from our Life Hub always go across to the crew. Let's go speak to Greg. Or um, every Sunday, one of us is helping with a soup run. Do you still need a person for the soup run this afternoon? So from three till seven this afternoon, Adam Higgison is doing the driving. If you can help with the soup run, which goes to campsites all around Baldivas and down on foreshore and places where the homeless are and they hand out food. My dad went last week. He hasn't stopped talking about it since. That's where the Lord is. That's where the fire is, is where the need is and where the rawness is and where the people don't know him. That's where freshness comes to our salvation because this is what's all about. Go and build relationship. If you're nervous, if you're scared, that's kind of what the problem is that's preventing us from doing it as a normal thing. Overcome that, go with other safe people and and get involved in something that costs us. Um, So speak to, to Greg if you can even help this afternoon. We just need one more teammate. Serve together, maybe it's once a month. On a Saturday, let's all do this. Any kind of Life Hub mission will help there to be a a reason why we get together rather than just another social that the church is doing that I don't feel like going to because I'm tired. Have some goals that you're moving towards. It's actually quite connecting to all be doing the same thing together. I remember a few people who came to the crew for Christmas and helped with those hampers said to me, I'm shocked. I, I, this is what you were talking about. This feels so good to serve. And I've, I have been, my head has been up my, I have been so focused on myself. And a few said it to me across that day going, this feels better. Like there's just something about giving and volunteering and getting involved that the Christian life makes sense because it's made for living on the edge and advancing the kingdom. So do that as a life hub. Um, or a once-off thing. It doesn't have to be that it's regular. And lastly, I just want to talk into giving and donating. And we're going to have morning tea. Giving of our time. Some of us are like, that's the thing, that's the currency I have the least of. And for some people, seasonally, you're just in a parenting or a corporate or at a school or in some way where time is the least currency you have. But number one, have a look at why our time 
is so stretched that we're booming and busting because a lot of us are spending lots of time and we give our everything and then we get home and we, and we bust. We're booming at work and then we bust. It's called collapsing in front of the TV. And so we're booming and we're busting and we're booming and we're busting and the, and the kingdom mission's not happening because all the Christians are busting once they're off work or once they're off solo parenting because the hubby comes home or something like that. This booming busting is really clever when it comes to the enemy for having no, no kingdom people do anything. We got to get to the point where we're like, let's just check any idols of work. Let's check any idols of busyness. Let's put some boundaries down, even if it's being required of us in a burnout kind of way from people we work for. Let's get the plan changed because this booming busting is not good. It's not sustainable. It's not healthy. And we have to have it in our diaries that the kingdom work, whether we're male or female or parents or not or single or grandparents, bringing the kingdom has to look like something in our diary. It must. It's got to be the I die daily and it's got to feature somewhere. Even if it's I choose not to put headphones in on the train because I choose that's the time where I'm bringing the kingdom to whoever's sitting next to me. It's got to feature somewhere, people. Let's avoid this booming busting and no kingdom work happening. Look into local needs. Maybe it's the canteen at your school. Maybe it's the soccer that your son plays. Serve there in the kitchen once a month. Have some kind of volunteering going on. Kingdom work has a lot of volunteering in it. And if we've forgotten that part, and if it's not featuring anywhere, we become stagnant, just like Sundays do and Life Hubs do. If there's no fresh, there's no new. It's got to be that the giving, we're designed to give. That's the sentence that got said to me at the Christmas crew people by people in this room. Something's changed because I'm volunteering. Yes, we're designed to serve the world. It's part of the Christian walk. If you want to get involved at the crew, even if it's fortnightly and for half a day, speak to Greg and Sam's here today um, at the back. If you want to paint furniture for the Lilia Haven rooms coming up, Every Tuesday morning and Friday morning, as I'm overseeing, there's a, there's, they're all non-Christians except one. And the only Christians not from our church. They come here every week to, to, to upcycle furniture, to make beautiful rooms for a call they believe in at a church they're not part of. It's beautiful. And they've become my favorite people and part of my week because they don't know him. They're just as raw as can be. They're just themselves. And it's such an honor to just build relationship with them, build trust. I've started baking for them. Like, if you want to just hang out with some non-Christians, come and paint some furniture. It's precious. It's precious. Hey, Esther. They're just darlings. And um, so come and join us Tuesday mornings or Thursday mornings um, if you want to do some of that. The Soup Patrol, I've mentioned. We, can, we need more helpers on Sundays. If you're thinking into the future for Lilia Haven and you're like, I want to be a volunteer there, we'll even need people one day a week for two hours that drive the women to the doctor's appointment, the psychologist appointment, the psychiatrist appointment. If you're like, I can be a driver once a week. We're starting to build our bank of who's going to be regular volunteers. So a good person to see is Esther over there, if you could wave, who's operations manager for Lilia Haven. Um, or come speak to me or come speak to Greg. Anywhere that you can just volunteer in tiny ways, um, do that. Remember the crew hamper boxes are here. There's one there. There's one in the other room. Literally your giving might look like I'm going to get an extra can of deodorant when I'm in the 
toiletries aisle. I'm going to get an extra tin of soup when I'm in the tins aisle. And I'm going to get a tea or a coffee when I'm in that aisle. And that's it. But I'm just going to try and do that every week. That's giving. That's using your time. That's using your finances. And that's making a difference for some of the people doing hard in this region. We, we can do this. We can cost ourselves. It's just little ways. Besides our time... Um, you can give food-wise. Remember, you can keep leftovers and take away um, containers and you can take them frozen to the crew and they give those out. Um, you can put in funds-wise, places like Compassion, places like the crew. We've got a Paradox Transformation Centre website. There's places you can donate. In the future, we're going to let you know about ways you can donate to women in, in our re in residential program that'll be on the property here, Lilia Haven, for those in particular with mental health issues. We're probably going to do sponsor a bed to get started so we can buy the beds. It might be sponsor a prayer ministry intensive with someone internationally, and that's what you might put your hand up for. There'll be different things to sponsor, tiny things and big things. Just be thinking, how can I bring the kingdom? How can I cost for myself? How can I help all my children learn to save in little ways to sponsor some toiletries for a woman that comes to Lilia Haven? Little things like that. We're training up our families to be other-centered. A big part of bringing the kingdom and being a mobilized church is being other-centered. And it can really cost us everything. But to be other-centered is to, in the shopping center, put something in our cart that's not for us. It's besides our tithing, having something in my week with my money that's not for this family. It's for the person down the street. It's in my time. Something in my time is not for me and it's not for my family. It's for the kingdom. I choose to invest in the neighbor and stand an extra half an hour and have that conversation and then listen and then pray for them. It's that other-centered focus. It's getting outside of ourselves, outside of the work he's doing in our own heart, outside of the suffering we might be on, outside of the healing journey we might be on. Hey, some of us have done big internal healing journeys the last few years. It's all been under something, not more peace. Not a more comfortable life. The goal should not have ever been, I can now be pain-free. Hallelujah. The goal is so I can bring the kingdom without hurting people. And I can now know the tools that set the captives free because some of your stuff, you got weaponized in it, as Jennifer Eva says. If you've come out of something, you got weaponized in it. Ben, you've gotten weaponized this last season. You're a killer. The stuff that some people have survived, you've gotten weaponized and made it, it's unto something. And it's time. You can feel there's something that's different. It's time to advance and go, what I've survived, the unto of it, let's start walking that out. It's not for our comfort and now I'm pain-free and I'm not getting tormented. That can't be the goal, people. It's got to be, I'm going to go after the tormented and no one else is going to be tormented either. I'm going to use the tools I learned in my suffering to stop the suffering in the world. We've got to get uncomfortable. We've got to light our fires and we've got to get mobile. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. What's going to happen in WA this year? What's going to happen with the borders? What's going to happen? We're going to heal the sick. We're going to raise the dead. We're going to cleanse those that have leprosy. We're going to drive out the demons. Freely we've received, freely we give. Last scripture, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go, not come, not come on Sunday, even though that has a very important place. Come on oil, not senior leadership go, not core team go, not life hub leaders go, not prayer room sets go. It's 
everyone who knows the Lord, go, make disciples, each and all of you, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and our Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. So we hope to equip you to be those teachers, but really the Lord is like, it's on you, buds, it's on, it's on you. Each and every one here is the exact right person and has the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and you literally are plan A and he's decided not to have a plan B. And I'm so glad because you're just right. You're just, just perfectly right for the call that he has for you. So inquire of him and move forward. Who is the grace on when it comes to my neighbors? You don't have to pursue them all. This is not a, come on, be bringing the kingdom everywhere. You should, should, should. Inquire, who are you working on, Lord? Which of my colleagues are you working on? Which of my neighbors are you working on? Which place do you want me to volunteer? Because me being there will make a particular difference. And inquire of him the way forward and then move forward. And he will come and his glory will come and his power will come. And the demons will be cast out. If you don't know how to cast out a demon, come and go, I want to be trained how to cast out a demon. Let's get everyone equipped um, and let's get mobilized. And the vision's not going to change all year. So we're going to just go together, yeah? Let's get brave. Let's get over ourselves. I think this is happening left, right and center because the testimonies keep happening and pouring in. So well done us. But let's, let's get back to the goal and the vision. All right? Cool. Well, let's stand. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go straight into morning tea. Um, a couple of us are going to stay behind just if anyone wants some prayer. We, we've, we won't do another worship song, but thanks for Andy. Um, it's going to be a good year. It is a good year already. Let's get some healings and some deliverances and some salvations going this year, hey? Yeah? Come on. It will require all of us, not the prayer team. So let's just give this vision to the Lord. Father, we just thank you for what you, the mandate you have put on this church, the calling you have put on this church, that this church has been set up to adopt the region, to adopt Perth and Rockingham and Peel. Lord, and, and first of all, we just pray, Lord, if any of us don't have a heart for our region, um, we just repent for whatever that is and any blockage in that area, Lord. And I'm asking for the miracle of having a heart for our street, having a heart for our region, the heart that makes us look twice, that makes us try and sense what's going on in the street, that keeps an eye on the neighbourhood, that notices the shop workers, that notices the cleaner, that notices what's going on in car parks and around dirty streets, Lord. The, the heart that prays for the city council actively, prays for the leadership, prays for, for everyone that's leading, prays for um, Mark McGowan. Father, that's what your heart is, that we pray for our leaders. And we just ask, Lord, for help and um, for judging in any area, Lord, the area we live in, the street we live in, the leaders of our region, the council, Mark. We just repent for the judgments, Father. And we're asking, Lord, that you transition us into realizing that's our domain, that's our territory, that's our region, that's our leader. 
Lord, and moving us into prayer and moving us into brainstorming as a family or as a life hub or, you know, even at home with our kids, how can we impact the street and getting the kids' ideas? And Lord, would you move us into caring about our school community and the, and the leaders and the teachers and the and the um, everyone in, in admin there, Lord, and, and brainstorming with our families. How can we be a blessing to the school this year? How can we bring the kingdom to your school, kids? And move us into active, Lord, and not passive. Move us into offense and not defense, Lord. Move us into owning our region and our schools and our streets and our, and our shopping centers, Lord. Would you just move us forward and help us to press in and take that responsibility that you've given to us, Father. And Lord, we are asking who you're working on the hearts of. Lord, would you awake us individually to who in our sphere of influence um, you're doing a work on. Lord, and would you give us the courage? We repent of our fear and of our fear of man and of our pride and of our um, desire to to look good or, or not be judged or because of shame. And um, would you help us move us forward to care that much that we would be a fool for the kingdom, that we would just stumble through our words and say awkward prayers because the person matters that much. Jesus, would you help us be brave? We just lean into jumping off cliffs with you because that's where the kingdom is. And would you help us to just say the prayers and reach out and Lord, would you help us with our timetables, those of us booming and busting and the kingdom work is missing in that. Father, would you help us to bring equilibrium into that area, Lord? And would you show us where the opportunities could work in with the, the responsibilities you've given us with our families or with our work? Would you show us how we can make kingdom work work in our timetables? Help us, Father. Tell us who would say yes to eating with us. Lead us to the hungry. Lead us to the broken. We just choose to give you our lives, Lord, which looks like not a salvation prayer alone. It looks like, and for the rest of my days, I will die daily. We pick up our cross today, Lord. We choose to pick up our cross every day this year, whatever the cost, whatever that looks like, because you gave everything for us. And the greatest love is that someone would give their life for their brother. Would you teach us what it means to give our lives for people in this community and for people out of this community? Would you teach us what it looks like to lay our life down for the pre-churched, for the pre-saved? Would you teach us what it looks like to lay our life down for people who don't know you yet? We ask for your dunamis power, Lord, for the, the healings of bodies, Father, for the casting out of demons. I'm asking for your power to reside on us, Lord. I think you've already given it to us, but we need an increase. We need that power, Lord, whether we're together or praying for someone at Life Hub Night or if we're in the shopping center and we're standing alone praying for an entire family. You have already gone before us and you have given us the power and you've given us the authority to cast out demons. So Lord, we ask that you would just help us to step into that power and we're asking for miracles in our nation. We're asking for the miracles and the, and the more and the movement of the kingdom. And we pray your kingdom come, your will be done, which sometimes looks like our will not be done. If we're gonna say your will be done, it usually involves my will not be done. So we choose your will, Father, and we lay our will alongside your will. We ask for the equipping. We ask for the wisdom. We ask for the spirit of might and revelation and understanding in the name of Jesus. And we choose to go forward. We choose to go forward this year and keep the main thing the main thing. In Jesus' name.
Amen.